You're listening to the Rack and Roundtable podcast, episode number 54. I'm your host, David Oria, and I'm here with my co-host, Chris Agana. And our guest today was Everly Guy Entlin. We know her as Atagai. Uh, this is an awesome episode. She has a huge history in HR, gives a lot of tips about um, how to prepare for an interview, the do's and don'ts for resume, everything. So if you're looking for a new job or you know that you need to have a career change, listen to this episode. You have to have a question because you know it shows you're not prepared or you're not interested. Okay, and that's what it shows on our end. You always want to ask, you know, with this position, um, how do you see this person succeeding in the next 30, 60, 90 days in this position? When they answer that, you know what? I know I can do that because I was able to do A, B, and C, you know? So that's the question you want to ask. You're listening to the Raccoon Roundtable podcast. Here's where we all come together, share our stories about our struggles, mindset, and goals so that we all can get to the places we want to go. We appreciate you being here, and we hope you enjoy the episode. So, man, um, I don't even know where to begin. This is just an honor to have you on the, the podcast. I think I could speak for both Chris and I. Um, so for, for those listening out there, um, we have a very special guest uh, to talk about a lot of special things. And um, this is someone that we've, you know, we've respected for, for a long, long time, known for a long, long time, and uh, just so happy that you've graced us with your presence on this podcast. Oh, <laughs> but, man. You sound you too could. good. Oh, no, 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 no. If you could, though, for, for those listening, um, tell, introduce yourself and um, tell them who you are, what you do, where you're at. Uh, give us a, a little bit of context before we kind of delve into the, into the story. Okay, well, uh, my name is Everly Guy Antlin. Uh, two of you may know me as Guy at the Guy. Um, basically, my background is in HR. Uh, I started off with recruiting and then worked my way through the ladder. And my last position uh, within that realm is uh, HR analyst. And so I'm here to hopefully help um, with any questions people may have of the do's and don'ts of whether it's interviewing, um, their resume, uh, how to ask for certain things at your job, and just giving tips for those who may not know um, who are struggling in their career path or trying to find a career. So that's why I'm here and I hope I can help. Nice. And at, like I mentioned in the episode, we had, we had a couple of episodes back where our Ati guy's husband, uh, Kuya Bob, was on and I mentioned that they are both our Ninong and Ninongs for me and my wife, which means they were our sponsors. They're just people that we go to often and always when we need advice for different aspects of life. Um, so I think when, before we started recording, you were able to give us a little bit of your background as far as how you got to, into HR and like your decisions after high school. I want you to kind of get into that just so the audience understands, if, just oh, so those okay. who don't know what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it was a little strange for me. I did a little bit of everything. But I got into HR, I, I, I want to say by luck or chance, but I honestly don't believe in that. I believe whatever happens, there's a reason for it. So I was an executive assistant at um, uh, Deloitte and Touche in San Francisco. It's a big accounting firm. And after 9-11, uh, like other companies that we service, a lot of them had struggles financially. So they did several layoffs. Fortunately, after like how many layoffs, I was affected by it. And at that time, I was also planning our uh, wedding, you know, because oh, wow. we had just gotten engaged. Wow. So we even had to postpone it for another year. So I was basically looking for any type of job. And I happened to remember 
um, one of the managers that I had also gotten laid off and she told me she was going through with this one company. So I kind of connected with her and she was telling me, oh, she has this position, but it's not really what I want because she knows I can do more. It's basically front desk, you know, receptionist. And I said, well, you know, I'm kind of in the grind right now. I'm having a hard time finding any type of employment, so I'll go ahead and take it. So I did that. And it was fine at the, in the beginning, but I knew I could do more, you know, because basically really I was just answering the phone, greeting clients, ordering their food. And I was like, really? I know I can do more than this from my past jobs. And so I was on BART. I actually caught the, the late train. I normally take an earlier um, BART back home to uh, American Canyon. And someone actually recognized me. She's like, She's like, Everly, is that you? And I turned to look, and it was actually my recruiter who recruited me at Deloitte and Touche. Now, we happen to have mutual friends, but we don't really connect in that sense. We just know, I, I just know that she's friends with who I know some people from my church. So she, we got to talking on BART, and she asked me what I was doing because, you know, she's not working at the Deloitte and Touche either. She told me she's taking another position somewhere else, and I was just telling her, and she's like, are you happy? I says, no, not really, because I just feel like I, I know I can do more, you know. Yeah, I'm getting paid when I want to get paid, but I feel like, you know, just I, I'm, I'm doing nothing, no purpose. And so she talked to me. She says, well, I am looking for uh, someone to train to start off as a recruiter. I said, I've never done that before. She goes, you know, what? it's it's not as hard as it seems because, I mean, you know, the basics of how to work the system and, you're very um, personable. It's basically helping people find jobs. You know, they're looking for jobs. And we're trying to service our clients to make sure that we find the right fit for them. She goes, don't worry about it. You know, you'll we have training, blah, blah, blah. So I thought about it and I said, you know what? What are the chances of me bumping into her on BART after I have caught in the, the late train and I was so upset and then, you know, this happens. So I talked it over with my husband. I said, I think this is a, this is a good change. You know, something that I was looking for, never thought of it at all. And so I did the, I, of course, I did the interviews, did well in the interviews. They sent me on the training. I did about a week, a week and a half of training at their corporate site down here in SoCal. And then that's how I started with recruiting. And then from recruiting, I just, she actually, my main boss there who saw me on BART, um had transferred over to a different company and she goes everly don't worry you know when when i get my foot stable in that place i'm gonna bring you too i said oh i'm doing <laughs> fine here yeah i'm doing fine here you know blah, blah, blah. and i like the clients that we were working with so many different type of clients different people and um so after like a year or two passed she had called me again she's like hey got this opening it would be closer to home and I think at that time, that's what got me. I wanted to be closer to home because I would have to travel from American Canyon all the way to San Francisco and the commute was getting to me. And so I said, okay, well, this is a great opportunity. So I did all the interviews, met with all the people, and then that's how I transferred to my other position. And that's where I grew as um, a staffing supervisor there. And uh, that started my my uh, dream to just continue on with HR. And then what happened, <laughs> my main manager, the one that carried me with her throughout, wanted to start her own business. So she was going to leave the company. So she, they started grooming me. 
to take over to be the branch manager, which I was excited, but I had just found out that, you know, I was pregnant, I would be having my first child. And so, but I was excited because here's the career I wanted. That's my stepping stone. Um, but then again, you know, I'm first time mom too. Like there's that thing. So I had my baby. I was still working with him. I had my son. But uh, I I know I mentioned this to Chris and Alyssa. I had a hard um, delivery with him. Uh, where an, even after delivery, uh, he was in the NICU for several, for almost two weeks. And they didn't even know what was wrong. Uh, with him at the time and so it was just with our faith i'm sorry to bring a religion but you know it's all about prayer and so um fortunately you know he was okay at the end able to take him home but that kind of made me want to i guess i was overly protective at that time because of our situation so i wanted to stay home with him and so i had to make the decision after several months of them grooving me and anticipating me to take over that I was gonna, you know, stay home and be with my son. And at that time, we were fortunate because my husband at the time um, was able to support us, you know, with just him working. And he had a few things that he was working on on the side as well. And so that's how I kind of left recruiting at that time. And then um, as Aiden got to a certain age, that was my firstborn's name, Aiden. Um, I felt, okay, you know, he's he's doing fine now. I don't have to be overly protected every time he has a cough. I don't have to bring him to ER, you know, because I was just overly, like, anything. I was so nervous. So kind of eased out of that. I'm like, okay, you can relax, guy. He's going to be fine. So I decided to go back into the workforce and actually connected again with my old boss who brought me all the way from San Francisco. And she was actually still working at um, the ser- the staffing service I was working at. As a branch manager still. And I was like, what happened? I wow. thought you were gonna, yeah, I thought you were gonna be here. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, she started her own business and you know that something happened, it didn't work out, but she still had that. So I told her, you know, I'm 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 looking again, you know, if you know of anything, let me know. And then I started reaching out to local uh agencies as well, people who I knew to uh, applying um online as well. And then she called me and she says, Hey. Um, remember this client that you used to service when you were working here, they have an opening for an HR assistant. And I told them that you're available. And they said, send her, send her. Wow. Like, send her right wow. Now. I said, they don't want to meet with you. She says, no, remember Jean, she remembers you because you used to staff for her. You used to send people to her. And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. So I, I went, did my first day there and they, and they had told me, this is not going to be a permanent position. It's just a temporary position. And at the time, I was like, I'm okay with it. I got to get my feet wet again. I got to get in, get the experience. And also, I'm not going in as a recruiter. I'm going in as an HR assistant. And so they were able to, you know, work with me because they knew that I had recruiting experience. So as I was there for my first few months, they were showing me the ins and outs of the HR world, which uh, kind of, it, 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 uh, it melds together. It's just certain things that I didn't have to deal with back then as a recruiter on the more personal side of people I'm dealing with now in HR. So from there, uh, after four months, uh, they had an open position miraculously and I went for it and I got it. And I was with them for four years and even moved up as a HR analyst with them. And so I really loved working there, but unfortunately, 
because it's a nonprofit, uh, they lost a lot of funding at a certain period of time. And so I was one of the people that got laid off. And so the only person left in our department, which were those three of us, I was the last one out of all the HR analysts. And then my manager was the one that stayed on. So I was like, okay, what am I gonna do now? Um, so I reached out to Kelly Services again, where I used to work. I said, hey, I found out I'm gonna be getting laid off in two weeks. What do you have for me? I had a job the next day. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I told them. Wow, that's amazing. Like I said, wow. you have to wait. I have to, I gave, I'm giving my job, even though they're letting me go. Um, I have to at least do the two weeks, you know, the time that I have to give them, you know, because I, I don't like to burn bridges, even though they're laying me off, you know, but they can't, they don't have control over that. It's budgeting. So, and that's how I got back into Kelly Services, but I was working under them directly as uh, the main recruiter for their, um, what is the word again? Uh, for uh, almost like in-house on-site recruiting. And it was yeah, for Alza, yeah. for Johnson & Johnson. It's a medical, yeah, pharmaceutical company. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Wow. So that was I wanna, my I want I want to like I want to real you, you like went over so much stuff and like you kind of told us like a whole story. No, 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 that's awesome. Okay. And like I think putting that into context is huge. So okay. I want to like I want to like reel this back just because from okay, the very yeah. beginning you mentioned a, I think a very like big topic especially among a lot of people that have been listening, a lot of people that have really been plugging in and that's like the topic of change. And so yeah. You mentioned that like right off the bat, and I think that's mm -hmm. something that we definitely need to just hit on because a lot of people, you know, nowadays, they're, I mean, for for good or for bad, uh, change happens, and sometimes yes. it's um people want to change, and I think that's especially now yeah. nowadays there's there's this drive to to almost like jump ship and yeah, uh, I mean yeah. maybe that's a bad analogy, but you know it's whether it's because you want to or whether it's because you're forced to you yeah. know, the change happens. Mm -hmm. And you, you mentioned that in the beginning, you know, you kind of had a, an experience where, you know, you had to make a decision whether it was good for you to mm -hmm. make a shift, to make a career change. And it ended up working out, you know, for you to, to change your path and to pursue a different one. Take mm -hmm. us through that a little bit. Take us through like, what was that? What did that feel like? And, and how did you get over that, you know, that fear? Because sometimes that really inhibits a lot of people. It inhibits, inhibits me, you know, okay. doing things. But how did, how did you get through that? How did you overcome that? Um, I guess because I had support from my husband as well. You know, we talked it over. Um, but it was really hard at the time because it's like, uh, here I am. My goal at the time when I started working is I have to make this much money. You know, I wanted to make this much money. Didn't care how I got there. I just wanted to make this much money. And the position that I was in, they gave me that much money, but I wasn't happy. You know, I knew I had more to give. And everyone was saying, my, I called my mom. I remember one time, she's like, why are you complaining? Just read a book. Relax, right? And I was like, I don't know. I can't just do that. I would get so bored. And then even my coworkers was like, here's some magazines. Read over some magazines. Decorate this office. Do this. But, and I was like, okay, this is fun. But this is not like, this is not what I want to do. I want to have purpose. I want to feel like what I'm doing um, matters. And... Mm. So even though I was getting the money that I wanted, I didn't feel like I deserved it in a way because I felt like what I was doing had no purpose. And 
Um, and so when I decided to make that change, I thought, okay, I've never done this before, but this, this is coming to me and, and I have to take it because when would this ever come to me again? You know, I never even thought of recruiting or HR at all. You know, I just thought I had to make this much and my life would be happy. And, you know, when you get to that point, it's not all about the money, especially when I told you about my other change. You know, when I was living the dream that I wanted and moving up to the career that I wanted, then I had to decide what's more important to me. And I think a lot of people are having to decide that now. Is, Definitely. Yeah. Is me having more valuable time with my family more important than me um, having this nine to five job and then getting home at hours where I don't even see my family anymore? And so, you know, because of my situation that I was in, what was more important for me is developing that care and that bond for my child. And fortunately, I was able to, you know, ease from having that uh, anxiety all the time. But uh, a lot of people are having that decision now. And I understand it. You know, after the whole pandemic, people's mindset changed. You actually really had this eye opener of what really matters in life, right? All these people having and being forced to spend time with their family, but then they notice that, hey, there's a change in my child. There's a change in my relationship with my spouse. There's this new thing with our family where we're always laughing. You know, no one's not always upset or coming home and, you know, your kids are kind of like pouty or what have you, or your husband's too tired to, to talk. And you have to be understanding because, yeah, they're tired because, you know, they work nine to five. So... You know, having to make that change is a difficult one. It's different for everyone. I can't say that every person is the same, but you, your, what's important to you is what matters. And if you're able to maintain your livelihood and be happy with what you can provide for your family, then all the more, right? Yeah, so. and you mentioned two changes. You actually had another change that you talked about, which was getting laid off twice from two different Oh, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. And you know, it's funny, the first time I got laid off, I didn't know how to take it, it's the first time ever. I was like, oh my God, I was like, how am I gonna, like, it was, I was so embarrassed, but I was like, wait, why am I embarrassed? They're the ones that didn't handle their money, right? Right, and I was able to survive (laughs) after how many times of layoffs. So I was like, well, I know I did my job. Whoever was doing financing sucked. They should be fired first. <laughs> so yeah, cause I was like, why? So yeah, I was able to adjust with that, but it's just, Having to make that adjustment with that is more of that was more of the first one was more of survival because I had a goal. We were planning our wedding. I couldn't let anything stop me. <laughs> I had to get married. <laughs> but the second one was different. Yeah, totally different. But I mean, with that, with those, with that third change and you being laid off, um, yeah. you were able to like just reach out to people. You know, you reached out yeah. back to that same person that kind of was giving you different opportunities. Exactly. And also, to a previous employer, can you talk about your mindset on that? Was someone telling you to do that or were you, you just no. knew that's something you had to do? I knew that's something I had to do because I knew I had still um, connections within the, the business, within the community of like HR and recruiting. I knew people still, and I knew they were still active because I would still communicate with them. Some of them were still my friends, even though um, we weren't at work, we still had our relationship as friends. And so, you know, it's a simple text, hey, what you got? You know, I'm here, I'm available, let's go, let's do this, right? And so the whole thing with networking, I mean, I'm, 
the fact that we didn't have LinkedIn back in the day and people have it now, it's it's awesome. But I had to do it over the phone. <laughs> I had to keep like lists. <laughs> but it's it's uh, having that good rapport, like managers, directors, knowing your 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 value, and knowing that if they bring you over here, you're gonna have that same work ethic. And so I think that's what people lose is like, you know, no matter where you're at, you have to always try to do your best. You have to do your best and excel in that. And that's per se being the yes man, okay? Being the yes man is not gonna get you anywhere. It's just gonna get you taken advantage of, but showing that you're gonna go above and beyond what you can do and to exceed in that. So, um, because people will remember you for that. You know, I have such a weird name. My, my name is Everly. Very, people like would call me Beverly or Brenda. And I'm like, what? And so, Brenda. yeah, you know, that's a weird one, a, a, a Waverly. And so having such a weird name, it's not easily to, easy to remember. But then when they start to get to know you and they see how hard you work, you know, your name sticks out. And I remember when mm. I got laid off my last time, one of the directors, you know, they threw me a party and everything. And one of the directors gave me a card and he said, such a unique name for such a unique individual. I will never forget you and everything that you did. See, I'm, I'm always going to get emotional, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but because you want to, I don't know, I just, you want people to know that when they um, hire you on or if they trust you with something, you're going to do your best. You're going to do what you're supposed to do and even excel with that. So I, I love that. I love that. Yeah, I think you know, people's work ethics speak so much more than, than words, you know, yes. it's like people, yes. uh, people remember you not for what you say, but for how you make them feel and what you do. Exactly. Right. So I, I love that. I love that so much. And, yeah. uh, for whoever calls you Brenda, if you're listening to this out there, like <laughs> shame on you. Like I, <laughs> I was like, what? I, I, didn't say like I, I didn't, I was so new. I didn't correct her. I was like, <laughs> You're, you're right. such a, uh, an awesome employee. They threw you a party for getting laid off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got laid off. <laughs> yeah. like, Dude, that's so don't true. talk that's to anybody true. when you leave. <laughs> Dude, they even threw me my, my baby shower for my second one. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, again, that's a testament to like just, you know, the person that you are. You know, you make statements by, you know, the the work that you do, like the the your work ethic and stuff like that. I think that's a... Yeah. That says a lot, but I, I wanted to to kind of ask because you know this is your your expertise, right? Getting finding people jobs, yeah. And so, well, I guess my first question is because for someone that may be looking for a job real soon, what's the <laughs> biggest mistake you've ever seen somebody submit on like a resume or like during an interview process? Um, you know, especially during during times like that, what's what's a yeah? It's something that you can look out for, but you know, a lot of people overlook. Okay, I think the the main thing people always overlook is their resume. The resume is the most important part of your interview process because that gets your foot into the door to be interviewed. When people would give me their resumes, it was just um, so like so basic to the position. They didn't cater to the position that we were putting forth. Um, like a lot of companies, they're looking for someone to do this and this a b and c right they just just do like the basic a and then submit that it's like no look at your job look at what you've done before your jobs previous 
and take a look at that company that's hiring, what they're looking for, and see how your experience can um, intertwine with that and say that, okay, yes, I have this experience because I did this, you know, and put that on your resume. Because a lot of times now, back in my day, we had to review resumes one by one. And that's a lot. <laughs> and so we would, look, we would look for key key items, key phrases of what the client's looking for on their job description and what this person has, okay? But now it's even better because now a lot of companies have their a new system, their HRIS system. Now everyone has a different system that they call, but it's a human resource information system. Holds all, everything from someone applying their resume and they're using algorithms now to find those people that have those certain points that they're looking for, hardworking, um, flexible, uh, has experience with this and this and that. And when people don't cater their resume to exactly what they're looking for, they're not going to get pulled. I wouldn't pull it. They're going to go straight to the bottom of the pile or not even to the pile and straight to the trash. Because to me, it shows me that they didn't care about the position. They just wanted to get their resume out there. You can't have the same resume for every job that you're going to. You have to cater to every different company. Because if you don't, you're gonna be overlooked. And that's the problem with a lot of people. Even something as so simple as their culture. Sometimes a lot of companies have um, their sayings, you know, what their culture is. Add that sometimes. Add that sometimes in your visit. This is the type of um, uh, environment that I'm looking for or I'm used to working at. So adding that, and looking for those key phrases and what the description is and um, adding that to your experience. Now, don't lie, right? You don't, you don't ever want to lie because you want to have that experience. But, you know, looking at that and seeing if that can um, carry over to what they're looking for. So resume is most important because honestly, and I told this to the to a youth group before, um, if you don't cater your resume to all the different companies that you're going to send it to, it's just gonna go in the trash. You'll never get your foot in the door. Basically, when it comes to your interview, they like what they see on paper on your resume, but they wanna get to know you as a person. And if you're gonna fit within your, you know, the culture of that department or that company. So your resume is the most important and people overlook it all the time. And since now we know the important part of the resume, the first step of preparing, um, you know, a lot of our friends go to you when they want to prepare for interviews. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what are the main tips that you provide to them? I mean, um, I, not everybody may have a friend that has worked in HR or who they can do like a mock interview with. So what are the, what are the usual advice that you give to someone when they ask you for like interviewing tips? Okay. Basically I just tell them you just have to, um, know what you're talking about as far as your your resume like that's why i said don't don't ever lie on your resume you know you can you can change the words a little bit to make it sound a little bit more professional but be be true to your resume because when it comes to your interview you're basically talking about yourself how you work what you've done before and i think the reason why people get a, a uh, really nervous is because a lot of their resumes sometimes can be um, the truth can be stretched a little bit and I think that's why. How, how far can you stretch the truth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and so you know they get a little nervous. And also, it's it's really hard for some people to be in front of someone asking you about yourself. Especially, I don't. I know David. You probably have gone through it. Panel interviews. I mean, panel interviews are just like 
uh, you see people sweating and you feel bad for them. You're like, oh my gosh. But, um, but the main thing is to know uh, the company that you're going into, know what they're looking for, know the position, you know, don't just read through it and say, oh yeah, I qualify for this. Really read what they're looking for and then um, know what the culture is in that company so that you can add that to when you're interviewing. You know, a lot of people say, you know, in that question, a lot of people will be like, uh, when we ask, uh, do you have any questions for us? After having answered all these questions for the interviewers, for the panel, do you have any questions for us? No. No, don't ever do that. You have to have a question because, you know, it shows you're not prepared or you're not interested. Okay. And that's what it shows on our end. You always want to ask, you know, with this position, um, how do you see this person succeeding in the next 30, 60, 90 days in this position? When they answer that, you know what? I know I can do that because I was able to do A, B, and C, you know? So that's the question you want to ask, you know, how was the, um, um, the, the, the manager that I'm reporting to, you know, how is the, his management skills or what have you. So having your question, your questions ready and being prepared will help also ease your nervousness. It's just about being prepared. And I, and I know you mentioned about the mock interviews. I like to do that only because um, the people that are super nervous, they're able to relax. You know, not as much as the, you know, like easy going, like I'm talking to you guys right now, but they're able to relax because they know what's coming to them. And so I always tell them they may not have someone like in the HR to ask them these questions, but they do have the job description in front of them. They can have it. They can print it. And basically what they're going to ask you is, do you have any skills in this and that? Have you done this and that? So have a friend do it, but don't do it. Don't have somebody who's really nice and say, you need somebody that <laughs> makes you feel nervous, right? Someone you know? mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's not going to be like, you know, so nice and bubbly, but you know, you have to, it has to be true. It has to feel like it's raw, right? Because you want to go in with that same emotion. And so you have those tools um, there for you to look at it. And so review it, look at it, read it, understand the, the, the position, understand the uh, environment too in the company. I, I got a question. I got a question. Okay. <laughs> so. I hope so, you can answer it. <laughs> this is just, I mean, this is something that I've like always thought of, especially like early on in, in my career. And especially okay. as I was like trying to like build experience, right? Because, you know, you need experience to get a job, but you can't have a job without experience. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that whole, that whole, that whole thing. So what like what about applying for a job that you are not yet qualified for okay but you know you could do you know what okay. can someone do in that situation okay so when you when you meet when you say you could do okay? i'm asking for a friend by the way just asking for okay. a friend <laughs> so when you say you could do right is it because you've been exposed to it before that, that having to fulfill those type of jobs, were you volunteering? Were you um, maybe during the pandemic, were you helping out in this unit just for a little bit? Although that may not be your title. You wanna add that. You wanna add any type of volunteer work that can connect you to that position. Uh, any type of work that even though I had to help someone with their resume for nursing and she had actually worked and helped out during COVID 
in the different units there. Now that's not her title position, but she did certain things that she didn't do before. And I said, no, you got to add that. You got to add that because that gives you experience. Now you may not have been officially titled for that, but that gives you the experience. So if you've been exposed to it, you've volunteered, you've had little, you want to add that. And I'd say, yeah, go ahead and apply because they can see, okay, well, you know, he is here and he has done this before and it looks like he has a great um, employment history. So we may give him an opportunity. You never know. And that's a lot of things. Um, I was looking for a very entry level position um, in my last job, very entry level position. And at that time, uh, is after 9-11, of course, a lot of jobs, it was hard to find. So there's a man who came in and he had his master's and he's going in for an entry level position. And I asked him, I said, you do understand that this is for a entry level position into uh, this pharmaceutical company. He goes, I do understand, but I just want to get my foot in the door. You want to get my foot in the door, into the door. So I said, okay. But me as a recruiter said, okay, I think, even though they don't have a position, I think I can upsell him and say, hey, I have this great candidate. He has this and this and that. I, I don't know. Do you have any departments there that are looking for someone? And I think he had like six Sigma even certifications. And I was like, and they're like, dude, send him here. And so... You just never know. Add those things that you have experience in, whether you're paid, you, you're paid doing it or not, because having that experience um, goes a long way. Yeah. And that's awesome. Uh, you straight up alley oop that guy for giving him a better, better position. But I mean, yeah. just yeah. I mean, that's and he was so willing to just do entry level, and I was like, no, I cannot do that to you. Because yeah. <laughs> he was so desperate. Yeah. yeah. I would say, I mean, that's uh, a testament for someone from like a recruiting position. So that's why I, we say to reach out to recruiters when you're looking for jobs because they are trying to get people hired. They also yeah. have incentives to hire people, right? Yes, I had yes. a recruiter who was trying to get me to, you know, take this or at least apply for a job somewhere. And man, this guy was working so hard. He was prepping me. He was like, hey, you're going to go to this interview with this guy. This is his personality. You know, like just be prepared. Uh, you can dress like this way. Just, you know, yeah. he's giving me a lot of tips. Uh -huh. So and there's good. a lot of recruiters that are willing to do that. So if people yeah. look at the jobs, reach out to recruiters. Don't be afraid to um, they yes. start DMing you. And, um, and I think that's what's important. People need to branch out. They yeah. They just do online. They got to, you know, uh -huh. do the hard work and actually walk into those agencies sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, our next question was going to be, um, so we've talked about the resume, the interview. Um, so let's say they're going to offer you the job, right? When it comes mm -hmm. to like salary negotiation, that's like a big, Thing that people want to talk yeah. about questions about like like how much how, do i say higher than what i really want just so that we can meet someone in the middle like an ebay bed or what <laughs> you know what um i really it, it's really hard i mean there, you can go two ways because normally with a position it's already posted the range right normally the the range is already posted and depending on where you fall at in your experience you can negotiate anytime but you, you have to back it up. You have to back it up with your experience, okay? Anyone can negotiate anytime. Uh, I would never tell someone, no, don't negotiate. No, negotiate all the time. Know your worth, right? Know your worth. If, if this is just an entry-level position or a mid-range position, but you fall almost close to here and you want this, or make that, um, make that negotiation. Ask them for it, but back it up. 
And that's why I tell people, like, if you're saying, well, I'm looking for this, right? And let's say, um, uh, let's say they give you, let's just say a range. Let's say 75, you're looking to between 75 and 95. And they say, okay, we'll give you 76. Okay. You're like, 76? That's like mid, um, basic level, right? Like, okay, go back to them. Say, you know what? I'm definitely still interested in the position. I'm thankful for the opportunity to work with your company, but are you flexible with the salary that you're offering? You know, because based on my experience, I know I can bring this and this and this to the to the team. Are you able to, are you like, um, are you able to at least potentially meet me at so-and-so pay rate? And that's how you want to say it. Know your worth, but don't just go in there just saying, because, oh, I want this much. Well, tell me why. Tell me why you think you're worth this much. Know your worth. Whenever you go into an interview, know your worth. If at this job, you, you're, you're not liking this job, but then they're paying you decently, and then here's this great opportunity working at this other job, you know, know that, yeah, you can make this much here, but you can also make so much here, and but then they start you lower. Then you know, it's like, what are you going to choose? But some people have made the decision to go with some another place because they want to get out of a certain environment. But it's, it's always always knowing your worth. What are you worth and what are you willing to sacrifice? What about when it comes to like comparing yourselves to other candidates, right? When because uh -huh. uh, this is like what I've, I've I've actually gotten this question like multiple times, you know. Okay. And I mean, I have maybe a way that I've answered it. I don't know mm -hmm. if it's like the. My, I mean, this is how I've, I've answered it that way. But, um, you know, they've asked, like, you know, like, what sets you apart from, like, what? why should we pick you over this <laughs> other person, right? And and part of me always wants to be like, you don't even understand. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even understand why. Like, and so, I mean, that's, like, what's in my brain, of course. That's not yeah. what comes out of my mouth. Very Two very different things. But <laughs> when when, or is there a point? where that should come out of my mouth or some version of that, you know, like understanding like my worth and like what I actually bring to the table, you uh -huh. know, or versus, um, you know, coming out with some standard like, okay, this is like, this is why I compare against this other person, you know, mm -hmm. like. I've actually never have been in a situation where that they have ever compared two candidates in front of like uh, another a potential candidate. We've been in behind doors talking amongst the panel, but never. Well, I guess, so, sorry to, to, to put into context, it's, okay. it was never like a direct comparison, like, oh, these okay. are you better than this person? But it was more of like a generalized question, like, why should we pick you over all the 50 other people that we're interviewing right now for this position? You know, uh, it was more okay. like that. Okay. Um, Again, I'm asking for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> I think at that point, I, I'm honestly never had to uh, answer this type of question, but I think I would say basically because I know that even though other candidates may qualify, I know I can bring more because of my work ethic and how hard I work and that I'm not basic. You asked me to do a certain thing, I know I'm going to go above that. So, but I've never been asked that. That's a good one. What do you yeah. normally say? Because I want to know. Well, <laughs> I won't say what I I say, but I've taken parts of like um, like one of my one of my really good friends got a very very similar question. Okay, and, um, I've never come and across it. he was applying for 
he's applying for an engineering job. I don't say who he okay. is, but he's applying for an engineering job. And um, the hiring person, hiring manager was like, you know, why should we pick you, um, you know, over anybody else that we're interviewing? And he was like, like straight up, just like looked at him. He's like, you're never going to meet anyone more hardworking than me. I've graduated mm. college in three years and I got oh, wow. two degrees during that time. Tell okay. me somebody that's done that. Yeah. And they hired him. Like, wow, he, had, like he had like the... Uh, well, see, that's the, just uh, it. He knew his worth, right? Mm. Yeah. He knew his but like, worth. I don't know. Like, I don't have the... the, the, the that backup <laughs> that he has. fortitude to, to, uh, <laughs> to say something like that, you know? Yeah, because you got to <laughs> back that up. He was able yeah, to back it saying. up. Exactly. I think well, you that got, speaks to exactly what you're saying. You've yeah. got other accolades and, and, and everybody else does. And I think you mentioned something earlier, the guy, you said you have to show them that you're a good fit, right? Not just because you have all these credentials, yes. but because of your yes. personality, because mm -hmm. of, you know, you look into their culture, what they're looking for. Cause that's yeah. what we look at. We, everybody that we interview, they know that they, they have certain skills and like we, experience that we want, but the yeah. question is, are you going to cause drama here? Exactly. Are you going to be someone we can get exactly. along with? Exactly. And that's where your personality takes and it comes in play, right? Yeah. So that's I mean, a that's, big factor. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think that's why a lot of them do the interview process, you know, mm -hmm. and they want to be there because they want to see, huh, how is this guy? Is everything just coming out like a recording? Is this is personality coming out? Is it natural? And you could totally tell. Mm -hmm. You could you could really tell. But that's a good question, David. You just gotta back it up. <laughs> just gotta back it up. Yeah, yeah. Just gotta just gotta back it up, man. <laughs> Don't lie, David. He was a good one, but that's a good one. I mean, yeah, like embellishing, he... not lying. You, <laughs> you can embellish but not lie. <laughs> you can make you it, heard it you heard it on podcast. You can make it you can make it shine a little bit brighter. Right, you can make it kind there of a little go. bit brighter. That's it. You can use flowery words or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, man. You know how people just use basic words like Android phones. No, manage multiple phone lines. You know, exactly. facilitated over thirty calls a day. You know, with clients, vendors, and staff. So something so simple as that is, you're not lying. You're just making it shine brighter. You're embellishing. Yeah. Okay. I guess the last question I want to ask is um, last tips that you give to somebody who's just looking for a new job, who's getting ready for an interview. What are like some last tips that you want to give to the audience? Um, dress appropriately. Dress appropriately. Be there early. Um, know who you're meeting with. Know how to get there. You know how many times we turned down somebody because they were late because they got lost. Know where you're going. You have to prepare. It's all about preparation because that just shows us that you weren't prepared. And that means to us, you're not serious about this job. We only want to take people who are serious. If this is something you're not interested in, you're going to do things half. Oh, I almost said a bad word, but you know. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. So, half you know, it's an effort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to be prepared. You know, make copies of your resume. People say, oh, they have copies already. You know what, sometimes I have to tell you, it's upper management meeting a lot of times with, with candidates. And even though HR will forward it to them, your resumes, they will never have it in front of them during panel interviews, never. And once in a blue moon. So majority of the time we're preparing it. A lot of companies don't do that. Have always copies. 
know who you're meeting with, know how many people you're meeting with so you can prepare that, dress appropriately, arrive early, and just review your um, employment history and the job position. But dress appropriately. I mean, I'm, some people would show up in like shorts and flip-flops and you're like, are you serious? I mean, if this were a manufacturing job, I still wouldn't hire you because you're not even, you're wearing flip-flops. Manufacturing jobs, you have to be safety. It's all about safety. And I'm be afraid you're going to wear flip-flops. So it's amazing. And don't be too cocky. Don't be too, your ego should never come into it. But your ego and knowing your worth is totally different, right? Ego and knowing your worth, totally different. So never have that in your interview process the ego needs to go away let that come out mm -hmm. later on when you're hired <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah that's, that's awesome so those are I, my think tips. That's, I think that's all like super valuable especially you know like in a time like ours where people are people are looking you know people yeah. are looking and and people are finding things so i think that's that's so important um yeah. i mean to kind of like round this out like we always I guess probably the most appropriate question right now is like, how can people like find you or find resources, find tools that they can use to develop themselves and develop their, um, their resumes, their, um, their personal skills so that they can, you know, come to the table prepared. What are some things that, uh, how, if they can get in contact with you or resources that you use or recommend to other people, okay. like what would you say to them? Okay. Well, definitely they can contact me. I can give you my email address um, and they can contact you. And, uh, on your podcast as well. Um, it's just my full name, Everly Antolin at gmail.com. And they can send me, shoot me uh, an email. Um, now I don't check it all the time, <laughs> but I will make an exception and try to check it all the time. But if they can get in contact with you as well, you know, that would be great. Um, but there are a lot of resources, you know, when I look, because I will be looking again soon. I am thinking of returning back to the workforce again soon because Ethan's at an age where eight and eight is at an age that he can start driving. And so I'm going to be actually going back into the workforce Nice. and I'm going to have to be going through this again. So there are so many different outlets out there. Um, big ones are indeed right. Checking those, those sites as well. But I have uh, just one time that I looked into a job and, you know, you have to put in your name. Now I have all these floods of different recruiters already saying, hey, you fit this position. Hey, you fit this position. So getting it out there, getting your name out there, getting your resume out there, there's so many opportunity. Uh, getting in touch with people you know, getting on LinkedIn, tell, asking your friends, hey, do you know of anything? Do you know of any positions? Do you know anyone hiring? You know, let me know. And networking is really good because it helped out in my career. People that I knew who I was still connected to I was able to still get back into my career and, and uh, you know, um, succeed in that. So it's who you know, it's your effort, it's being prepared, um, and it's working hard, trying to find what you want, finding your happiness. What's happy to you? What, what makes you happy? Excelling in your career, getting the money that you want, or, you know, you know find that, find that peace, because you don't want to get a job and then you're hating it, right? Just because it's paying you more, you don't want to hate it. But people can find their happiness at, at work. I found it, right? So, that. yeah, that's it. 